Welcome back to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Munkin, the only podcast where if we were going to the movies and they said no outside Funkin beyond this point, we'd be like, that's fine. We only bought an outside Munkin. I'm going to coach Jay Christie. Join us always by Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Dude, I'm fucking zooted. Wow. What a, what a cliffhanger, man. Yeah, you're zooted out. Um, yes, there's a big cliffhanger. This is, of course, part one. This is Mr. Monk is on the run, part one. Um, we decided I to do this in two too. parts. Yes, we decided to do this in two different parts so we could talk about cliffhangers and what have you. Um, and uh, yeah, man, how are you doing though? Beyond being zooted, uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you know, just came back from a week in Lake Tahoe. Beautiful mm-hmm. out there. Uh, the last day that I was there, there was a, an earthquake that shook the house, and a bear tried to break in because uh, one of my other coworkers was cooking bacon. So, uh, so yeah. That how was, great. was the bear? Give me every piece of information about the bear, please. Uh, to be fair, I didn't see the bear. Um, okay. It was a, it was a three floor like uh, Airbnb that we were staying at, and I was on the third floor. Do you know if it was so, a brown bear or black bear? Brown. No, sorry, okay. black bear. Black bear. Black okay, bear. so it's you know my you know my theory about black bears, right? My, the thing I believe to my core, which is that black bears are actually just large dogs. Um, okay, they good. they kill almost no one, and they like kind of look like dogs, and they're just sweet guys. Not that I would go up to one because I'm not an idiot, but. You know, black yeah, it was a dogs. it was a sweet bear. Apparently, like uh, my coworker like came out because she was in the bathroom and she heard like the screen like yeah. open or something, and she came out and she said that like the screen was out and that she just saw the bear like caught like in the you know yes, I, obviously I'm being and it ran away. when I talk about black bears being large dogs, but they are like they basically if you see a black bear like obviously don't go up to it, but don't they they won't charge at you because they're very uh, they're not. They're, yeah, they're not predatory towards humans. Um, yeah. Also, they're much smaller. But, Just wanted uh, some bacon. Yeah. My favorite thing about black bears is, you know what color black bears are? Brown. They can be black, brown, yellow, uh, and like sort of auburn. So, great huh, stuff. Great job. That. Whoever named them, great job. Um, born in here to talk about bears. Should have called them dog bears. Dog bears. Um, did you see the Photoshop I did of Bear of Easttown? Uh, yeah, I did see that. I'm just that a big great. fan of bears. I'm just a big fan of bears. It's in my Twitter bio. I put. I'm a big fan of bears. Parentheses the animal. Just I didn't want anyone to think that I was talking you, about large game. If you man. had, if you had more body hair, yeah. But if you had more body hair, you would. Uh, would you qualify as a bear? No, I think I technically would be an uh, body hair. It's hard. I'd have to ask uh, my good friend Michael Springthorpe. But I think you need to be fat in order to be a bear, or like at least big. Um, okay. But anyway. We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about... Uh, <laughs> I Mr. wish Monk's we were here to talk about I know, that. yeah. I mean, whatever are we here to talk about. We're here to talk about Mr. Monk is on the run, where you start off, Monk and Natalie are walking up to a crime scene. We learned that apparently Monk won't watch anything that's not on Channel 10. Yeah, you know, it's the number of completion. Um, I mean, I'm sure if you have, uh, you know, DirecTV, I'm sure you'd throw on Channel 100, you might find something there. Mm. Awesome. Back in the day, because because now yeah. I think it's just like some menu for like a bunch of like on demand movies or something. No, well, I mean it's actually it's still all channels um, on Directv. Although my parents don't have that anymore, they had it like four years ago, and so I think I don't think it's changed. But the thing for me is, growing up, Channel Ten was always like not a real channel. If I remember, it was correctly. like public access or something. Yeah, it was always it was all like in and I lived in multiple places, obviously, and had multiple cable packages. So it was either some type of public access thing or like a. You know, there was, a, like, a weird lo- half-local channel like that, but also, like, had, like, info on it most of the day. So, generally, it was never I could a real see, channel. I could, I could see why he likes it, though. It doesn't seem like a... But we yeah. do see him watching QVC at one point. So, that's definitely not Channel 10. Anyway, you know. True. Let me update IMDb, <clears throat> add something to the goof section. Um, uh, anyway, shouts to the goof section on IMDb. Um, 
Except except for con- like continuity goofs. Because like I don't care that if like someone has like a gun in their left hand in one shot and then a right hand in the next shot. That's not why I'm in the goof section. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? What's, what's your favorite in- kind of goof? <sighs> My favorite kind of goof is probably very specific anachronisms. Like, like when they like when they have like a billboard for something that went out of like but uh, like very close like not like a, they forgot to do it like to change it not like if it's like a movie takes place in the sixties and they accidentally have a billboard that, from pr- present day in the back I like it yeah. when it's like um, you know uh, I think like Titanic I care if it was a pocket watch but the pocket watch wasn't invented until like a year after the Titanic but you wouldn't think that you would think the pocket watch was invented I would before. never have thought that it's yeah. not I don't know if it's that necessarily but it's something like that I know the one of my favorite fun facts is that the wristwatch was invented before the pocket watch which seems completely backwards. But absolutely, yeah. I don't think that that Titanic is not true. But my point is that, like, when it's something that's very specific, where it's like you would think that that was, um, or if someone like in like a movie takes place back in the day, like they refer to a country by something that it wasn't called at the time, like shit like that. That you know, love it, love yes. a good goof like that. My favorite phrase in the world is, you know how on the bottom of the goof section they have things that used to be called goofs. It's called incorrectly regarded as a goof, which is a great phrase. I don't think I've ever seen that. It's like if there was something that people thought was a goof, but then like someone else pointed out that it's not actually a goof, it then becomes called in- incorrectly regarded as a goof, which for a while was my brother's uh, Twitter bio, incorrectly regarded as a goof, which is funny. Yes, I like that. Anyway, so, uh, as they're rocking up, apparently Randy just got off the phone with none other than Chucky Krogh. Yeah, you know, this is a, it's already telling us something that uh, we're going to find out pretty soon that it, it's pretty serious. It must be. Mm-hmm. Um, because not only do they get off the phone with Dr. Kroger, but they're a little cagey about it at first. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Sotomayor basically tells them that, like, you know, this is like a, <clears throat> it's like a regular crime scene. It's nothing insane. It's not like a homicide or anything. Mm-hmm. But it is a burglary, and there might be something in there that might upset Monk. Yes. And he, Summer says, if you want, you can just go home. And I do love that Monk really turns around and is ready to go home. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Natalie's like, no, you got to go inside. And so um, they go inside, and there's a note that was dropped accidentally, quote-unquote, that says yeah. what? It says, uh, to force heaven, Mars shall have a new angel. It appears to be some kind of code. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, on top of that, he also, he, I guess he dropped another thing, which is a... Uh... Well, no, well, before we get to that, oh, no, no. we learned yeah. what he stole. And he stole cell phones, some a bunch of random stuff. Um, and cell a little... phone, a flashlight bulb, waterproof sealant, and a braided copper wiring. Exactly. And on top of that, though, he took 10 20-volt magnesium batteries, which is in order to make a bomb. The only other time Stalmeyer had ever seen that, when uh, old Trudy Monk got exploded. Yeah, when uh, she went from Napoleon blown apart. Oh fuck, Bonaparte to Napoleon you, blown you, apart. Ironically enough, you blew that joke. Um, fuck. Yeah, and but any that's a Simpsons get, joke, by the way. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I that doesn't surprise me. I knew, I mean, you, I probably had heard Napoleon bl- uh, blown apart before, um, but uh, sideshow Bob, baby. The guy got in though. He got into this store using a crowbar that he left fingerprints mm-hmm. on. Now, they can't identify the, anyone by the fingerprints, but the fingerprints themselves are very uh, remarkable. Yeah. Um, there's not, as uh, LeBron would say, it's not one, oh, not two, time. not three, not four, not five, but there is six fingerprints on yes. that. Yes. Um, it does make, it's funny how, like, the whole thing about Monk's wife being murdered by someone with six fingers is like a combination of the princess bride where obviously Inigo Montoya's father was killed by a six-fingered man um, don't remember that 
well, that's, you know, that's how he identifies him. But then also there is the element of, and this episode obviously draws a lot on, the film The Fugitive, in which, you know... Yes, the one-armed man. The one-armed man. So it's like a combination where it's like, they, I, when they're doing like the brainstorming, it's like, okay, the guy that killed Monk's wife has to have so, either too many or too few of some type of limb. <laughs> it's a George Lucas uh, kind of deal. Exactly, yeah. But the six-finger man is, uh, what's his face, Christopher Guest in uh, The Princess Bride. I think it's oh, Chris, 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 Chris. okay. Is it Chris or is it Chris? No, yeah, Chris Sarandon is the prince. So it's yeah, Chris for guest. Um, anyway, then Monk, if we see him. We don't know how he got there. Spoiler, it's a dream. But he's in the parking garage, and uh, he sees he's, he's old Trude. Yeah, she's about to, you know, it's it's a flashback, or it's like some sort of retelling of the what happened that day. You know, mm-hmm. she uh, she's about to get in the car. Monk tries to stop her. He runs toward her, but he appears to be running in place. Mm-hmm. And no matter what he does, she gets in the car, she turns it on, and uh, yeah, she gets blowed up. Yeah, I wish that the show was made like this scene was shot 10 years later because then a cable show would have the budget to like actually fake this. Because in certain scenes, not like the wide shot, but when you see Monk, it's clear that Tony Stewart was just jogging in place. You know, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The explosion looked pretty good, though. The explosion looked good, but today they would have... They would just put him in front of a green screen, and, like... But back then, it wouldn't look good to do that, so I get why they did it. But it's kind of like, dude, you're clearly just running in place. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, So, yeah, it's like he wakes up, and, of course, he's, uh, you know, he's shaken. It was only Um, just dream. Sorry. And then... Yeah, no, it's fine. And then, like, we basically, you know, we see him, like, tossing and turning a little bit. And then we wake up the next day, and Natalie's at his place, right? At his place? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's a little bit, he's obviously shaken up about it, you know, understandably so. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, like, definitely being a dick to her. And uh, he mentions, you know, he has, like, a bunch of clues written out. Like, they're trying to figure out what this this phrase could possibly mean. Yeah, and she's good thing for out. them. Okay, go. Yeah, good, good thing for them. She got a book, though. Yeah, yeah, well, so she has it written down on a chalkboard, and she bought a book on code breaking. Was which, it the same one that Graysmith used? I don't know. I was going to say, I, as I was watching this, it's like, how is it that we reference the film Zodiac on almost every single episode, and the time where someone actually has to break a cipher, uh, it, it's not until the sixth season. But no, I don't think so, actually. Um, but anyway, uh, she did a, wrote a bunch of, she's doing, like, code breaking things, you know, um, and she's really trying hard, you know, and... Um, I respect that her or the effort she's putting in, but Monk can't really be bothered thinking about it because he's too busy mad at her because he thinks that she drank his orange juice. Right. He notices that about four ounces is missing from his orange juice, and uh, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen Natalie drink orange juice on the show, so I'm just willing to believe that she didn't do it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. You haven't seen her do a lot of things. Like you haven't seen her, you know, use the bathroom. But does that doesn't mean that she doesn't use the bathroom? <laughs> I've seen her use the bathroom. Oh yeah, sure, we have actually. Um, no, but my point being, my point being that it's not out of the realm of possibility. Sorry, no, it's like, I don't know, all of a sudden my Siri went off and said, hey Siri, where's the bathroom? Well, <laughs> that's funny. I'm going to keep that yeah. in. Uh, <laughs> and, that, like I said, Natalie's really putting her, a lot of effort into it, and, um, you know, she, but, and she wrote, like, little numbers out underneath all the letters, um, but... Monk doesn't have time for that. Yeah, he looks. He looks at it, and you know, he. But yeah, he sits down for a little bit. He, he. He. It looks like he's formulating some sort of clue, or like, you know, he. He's got a hunch about something. 
So Natalie asks him, like, oh, 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 you, it looks like you've got a clue, but he just, he chalks it up to it being a false alarm. Yeah. Which we later find out is not the case. Yeah, that was a lie. He's um, going rogue. Because basically, he, t- you see him that he circles kind of the phrase, have a new. Um, and did you catch on to what it was at this point or no? No, not at all. I did, but I don't, I don't remember if that's because I didn't remember. Because I haven't seen, this is actually only the second time I've ever seen this episode. As you might imagine, this this two-parter is not on and wasn't on cable that much because it's a two-parter. And they don't tend to do that in, like, monk marathons, but, um... How many times have you seen the finale? Of the whole show? Tw- only twice. Yeah. Okay. Alright. Yeah. Um, and, uh... He, yeah. And so they, um... Natalie has to go pick up Julie, but Monk, he has to go pick up none <coughs> other than a, a little Cheddar Bay biscuit from his closet. Yeah, honestly shocked that he still had his gun on it, um, to be quite frank. Um, but, uh, yeah. He's, uh, I honestly he, don't know what a former cop would have to do to lose his gun, because I feel like every former cop has a gun. Um, uh, maybe if you have, like, a history of mental illness, you might have it shipped That is from true. Um, but have you watched Mayor of Easttown? No, I have not. Then never I mind. I need to. I was going to make a I reference to. to it, but I will not. Uh, but I think people We're, who watched it will know, which is good. We need, we need to watch Maravis. It's as good as people say it is, if not better. It actually might be okay. better than people say it is. Um, okay. Anyway, that uh, Smunk's on a bus, and he finds where he's looking for an antique store at 247 Marshall Avenue Angel, a.k.a. 247 Marshall Avenue Angel. Honestly, great code. Big fan of it. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I got it now. Yeah. Just great stuff. I think in terms... It's because it's great misdirect, because you would think that it's a cipher, but it's not a cipher at all. You know? Um, yes. Um, and it ends up being a... Uh, an, like a, a statue of... Yeah, an antiques and statue. A lawn statue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So he's... Uh, you know, he goes inside, and he's looking around. How he gets inside, great question. We don't see that. Uh, but he's looking yeah. around... And um, <clears throat> out of nowhere, some guy like just comes out of the darkness, and uh, you know he asks for his money. So clearly, there's some. It seems that there is some sort of transaction that's supposed to happen tonight. Yeah, and uh, apparently this guy just got back from Riverton. Um, which, is that jail? No, I don't think so. No, he was because we mentioned learned later he was in Brazil. Oh right, it's because right. it's a uh, spoiler. It's important for part two. Uh, that's why I wrote it down. I did remember uh, that okay. much. Um, it's like who the hell are you? Uh, and Monk points out that he dropped, like, he gives him the note. Um, it's like, hey, I know you. You're the cop with the wife. So, oh. Right. Yeah. So, that's who is not this guy, good. then? Who is this guy? He, um, he just happens to have six fingers on his hands, so mm-hmm. this is, like, literally the guy. Or it seems Well, it's like not it the is. guy. He's the guy yeah, who yeah. did the bomb. He's not the important guy, unfortunately. I mean, he's Right, right, guy. right. He tries to explain that it was never anything personal, which just always reminds me of, uh, what, that guy from Taken? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know why that line will always remind you of that. I mean, it's honestly always the worst thing you can say. Because, like, it's, whenever, you're, whenever you're someone who's, like, a contract killer, or just, like, ended up some, someone dying, it's like, oh, it wasn't personal. It's like, motherfucker, it was personal to me. Like, oh, I'm so glad it wasn't personal for you. So I'm not. I, I didn't. I won't take it personally that you murdered my wife. Like, I don't give a shit. It's just the, right, the right, dumbest right. defense. Um, right. But yeah, so they get they get in a fight, and Monk is holding his own. You know, what I mean, he's got that dead wife strength. Yeah, he's. <laughs> that's a great way to put it. Yeah, he's definitely wailing on the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the guy kind of recovers for a little bit, and you know, throws in a couple of blows himself. And um, you know, for a while, it's kind of unclear how this is going to shake out. 
But eventually, Monk does get the upper hand mm-hmm. and holds him at gunpoint. And, you know, the the guy, I, his name is Frank Nunn. Let's just say yeah. that now. Uh, Frank Nunn correctly deduces that Monk just does not have it in him yeah. to pull the trigger. There's Some people can murder people and some people can't. You know what I mean? Like, that's the old... Uh... This is the lamest thing I'm ever going to reference, but it's like how in uh, Harry Potter you can say the words for the killing curse, but if you don't have if you don't have it in you, it won't kill the person. You know? Would this be considered murder, though? Yes. Yeah. If Monk killed him, they absolutely. were kind of fighting. They were kind of fighting, but Monk brought his the fact that Monk brought a gun there, knowing True. who, knowing that it was going to be someone, because um, it it would be different if like Monk had gone there for another purpose. But Monk went brought a gun to a place that he knew the man that he believed to kill his wife. Yeah, that would be still be murder. What if he was strapped, though? What do you mean? The other guy. If the other guy was strapped, then it would probably just be manslaughter, but I think you, you still probably make the argument. Because that the monk's he, intent... It was premeditated. It was premeditated. Yeah, monk's intent going there, he has a gun. Like, you know. Um, also, the fact he lied to... Like, it, it, it... The thing is, what a actual event is is entirely aligned on what a DA can convince a jury. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I don't know. Um, I think it's probably... You could make the argument either way, but... He ends up he holds about uh, at biscuit point, and we don't see the gun in frame, but you do hear a gunshot, and uh, suddenly Frank's got a big old hole in his chest. Um, yeah, you know he's he's not doing well. He's he's down bad. Um, I don't know if this is true or not, or if this is what's going to end up happening. But I honestly feel, well, maybe not. I guess not. But it felt like he was wearing like a, a vest. To be he quite probably honest. was because that's how they shoot like people getting shot in tv shows but he wasn't supposed to be okay fine no he's dead that's what monk checks his pulse and uh as he's checking his pulse we hear sheriff's department and none other than scotland enters um my guy he's your guy. What, what 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 is your guy from like what what, what what's your big what's your important <clears throat> scotland stuff um well i believe he was the original um I forgot what his name was, but from, like, the Science of the Lamb series? Yeah, of course. Yeah, he's Jack Crawford. Jack Crawford. But also yeah. he was, I think, Kevin Garvey Sr. from The Leftovers. Mm, I didn't watch The My main thing is, I think, obviously, Science of the Lambs. I think he's it's fun to see him in Training Day because he plays a guy with an earring. Um, oh, that's which, right. He was. And he's so like, anti-Scott Glenn energy. Um, he has the longest earlobes in the world. Yeah, but I, you know, like those actors that you think are so bad at something, you almost say you don't forgive them. I think he is so bad in the Netflix Daredevil show as Stick. Never saw it. I, I, I know I, you I, haven't. I know was you he in the first season? No, he's in the second season, and then he was in the uh, Defenders. Okay. And I think Stick is just a terrible character to begin with, but I think he's just like so, I hate his performance so much in it. that like, I like him in a lot of stuff, and I like him in this episode, but it's just kind of like, Jesus fucking Christ, you couldn't have done... I mean, I think it might just be the character, though, because I don't particularly like the character in anything, but... Can you um, can you do me a favor and, and, of and watch The Leftovers at some point? I will. It's definitely one of those shows that I don't want to have to start because it is so uh, dreary and dreadful. But um, Just the first season. The rest of it's, like, fun. That's nice. It's good to know that it gets fun after Rapture. Anyway, um, and he, of course, is like to Monk, you know, kick me the gun and kiss the floor. And Monk, of course, has problems with that because, uh, you know... Yeah, he's not, he hasn't kissed anyone since his dead wife. That is true. That is... Actually, no, because remember he kissed Sharona in uh, Mr. Mug Gets Married? Ooh, that's right. Oh, damn. All right, and then well, he had to major faux pas by me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. That, honestly, I'm going to have to go in the IMDb goof section for your life. Um, Oof. That's going to be a long one. <laughs> but that's... One, I want to talk about a Black Mirror episode that's not good or important. It, if, what if someone people, did an IMDb no, what goof, if people had goof section for real life? Um, I know what my number one goof would be. 
Are you, if you're not going to say it, then I'm not going to ask, but what, what it would it be? Well, I was going to just say agreeing to do this podcast, but I'm fucking around. Uh, I'm fucking uh, around. No, I'm that's, around. Honestly, a good, that's a great joke. I shouldn't have set you up like so with so much weight on that. Um, yeah, honestly, I, the problem with goofs, like if, if that was a real thing, there's like difference between like, oh, that's a fun goof. And then like, a, oh, like that's not a. Like, there's nothing funny about that goof. That's kind of just like sad. Like, anyway. like uh, that lady being uh, using her real name and uh, or them using her real name in uh, uh, Richard. In Jewel? Richard Jewel, yeah, that's, that's a, a big goof. goof. That's a big goof. The, the problem, of course, with Clint Eastwood though is that, like, I guess the reason why uh, we were talking about this before the show um, that uh, we're talking about the movie Richard Jewel, where they made up the fact that the female journalist character slept with someone for information, which is not true. Oh, and, was that before we started recording? Yeah, that was before we started recording. Oh, okay, I think. Okay. Um, and, uh, so the thing about that is when it's with Clint Eastwood, like normally I would just be like, that's like an innocent mistake, but with Clint Eastwood, like, I just, I'm just like, did he do that because he hates the media so much? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I can't in good conscience say he didn't do it on purpose, so. That's probably true, actually. I don't think, I don't think it's true, but it's kind of like, normally I would say that's a big faux pas, but it's like, when your whole movie is talking about how bad the media is, you know, anyway. Um, Mark gets his Yeah, and the FBI, of course. Um, Monk gets his Miranda rights read to him, and then he gets his mugshot, and we learn that this guy, Frank Nunn, was in Brazil for the last eight years, um, and Monk claims, though, as he's being interrogated by, uh, you know, what is it, Rollins. Rollins. He says he didn't do it, he was looking for the guy that hired Frank, so why would he kill him? I'd have to be crazy. Yeah, okay, to be quite honest, when that whole thing went down, I actually thought he shot him. Like, I didn't see that he didn't fire the gun. Oh, well, I guess no one did, right? Well, you're, you're not supposed to know. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't clear to me. I thought he just did it and, like, blacked out or something. Yeah. I mean, I knew he didn't shoot him once I seen the episode, but also because that's a, this is not that type of show. This is not going to be the type of show that has a protagonist who murdered someone for two seasons and then go on for two more seasons. I mean, I don't know, dude. Like, the last, um, the what's it called? The last scene of this, like, really was jarring. I uh, Yes, of course. Um... We'll get I'm, to it. I'm, yeah, I'm going to know. Okay, it was there's things up. we know, given the fact that there's a part two and two more seasons. Uh, I think you can infer some things about what happened in the last scene. But, um, yes. anyway, I do like the line that Ron says when Monk's like, I'd have to be crazy. He said, if, if I'd have to be crazy was the defense, we could rent out these jails for birthday parties, which is a good line. Um, yeah. And then Monk needs to get fingerprinted. And boy, oh boy, is it a task. <clears throat> yeah, you know, he, uh, he doesn't want... Uh, Rollins to do it for him, but obviously he just doesn't want to do it. Period. Yeah. So he has that. He does that little dance where he doesn't. He's he gonna do it? Is he not? And sure enough, we cut to like basically three officers like holding him yeah. and making him do it. Reminiscent of like a four-year-old getting a shot. Honestly, is what it's like. Um, yeah, exactly. Which is weird because this is definitely a place where I like my biggest OCD thing is getting like substance for substances on my fingers but with me if I know I immediately can wash it off afterwards it doesn't bother me if that makes sense like it, it the only time I don't want to touch something is if I don't have access to wash my hands right afterwards but like for example if I'm eating like ribs in my own home I'm more than happy to touch them because I know that I can just get up and wash my hands you know what I mean anyway ribs I, I had ribs for lunch that's why I talked you had ribs way. oh man I fucking love ribs man oh. no I did not have ribs oh, you did, did you not recognize the line Oh, what? Well, from what? I was paying attention. Anchorman. Oh, wide roof. Sorry, no. Honestly, that's like diving in the mid-50s in terms of famous Anchorman lines. I apologize. Um, yeah, I know. No. Yeah. I thought you just had ribs for lunch. That's, that wasn't that crazy of a thing to say on Memorial Day. <laughs> like, that's, that's true. That's, that's actually very true. That's not that crazy true. of a thing to say. 
Yeah, I'm like, oh, funny. maybe you want a barbecue with your ribs. Um, man, by the way, I make some good fucking ribs. Anyone, if you want, you know, anyone wants my ribs, uh, you can't have them. I was going to, like, offer them. I'm like, I'm not going to fucking make ribs for strangers. Um, but anyway, uh, so, you know, Buck gets his fingerprints done eventually. Although the thing I was thinking is, is he was a former cop. His fingerprints should already be on file, but that's whatever. Um, and then we cut to the uh, his arraignment. And, uh, you know, he's pleading not guilty. Yeah, um, obviously he is convinced that he didn't actually pull the trigger, so why would he not plead not guilty? Uh, That is a good question, although there are millions of people who plead guilty every year to crimes they didn't commit, but that's how a criminal justice system works. Because like 95% of cases end in plea deals, it's kind of broken. But we start to get, like, you know, the the prosecutor starts going over all, like, basically Mm -hmm. the smoking gun, no pun intended. Or pun intended. Yeah, pun intended. Um, what the fuck are you talking about? Of yeah, pun intended. Pun intended. intended. <laughs> um, and so, like, the Natalie and Sotomayor, like, respectively, you know, respond that this does not look good. Um, mm-hmm. It honestly looks like it's very likely to convict. <clears throat> and yeah. um, you know, the judge hears all this evidence and. Well, can I put like, it? So, the, oh, yeah, the yeah. evidence. The main main piece of evidence is that one. This is the guy that he believes killed his wife. Major motive. Like, as far as motives are concerned, that's a big neon sign of a motive. You know what I mean? Um, yes. And also that the g- ballistics on the gun that was used, on the bullet that was used to shoot him, matched Monk's gun. And he was at the scene, right? The thing uh, I have a problem with. Correct. Is that Monk's lawyer says that that's all circumstantial. And my only legal training is doing mock trial in high school, but we got fifth in the state, so whatever, so what counts. Um, is that actually isn't circumstantial. The ballistics of the gun is not, is not circumstantial evidence. No, absolutely. Yeah, I was wondering about that too. Yeah, circumstantial evidence is evidence. Basically, the way I was taught taught it was, it's evidence that is only evidence if you start off by assuming the person did it, right? So, like, if Monk was nowhere near it, um, if you were to say, like, okay, let's assume Monk did it, what's our evidence? Oh, he hated this guy. But, like, if you don't start... I'm, damn it, I completely lost my train of thought. But you, you know what I'm saying? That... But even if you don't make the assumption that Monk did this crime, if you were to run the ballistics and then match it against his gun, that would tell you it was him. You know what I mean? Like, circumstantial evidence is evidence that is evidence towards this case. God, I completely... I'm so in the weeds with my own words. But you know what I mean. I think you get the gist of what I mean. Um, Yeah. And if you don't, whatever. But anyway, the judge sets the bail. I need to take a drink of water and regain my thoughts. Yeah, the judge sets the bail. He sets it at 900000 Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But it's not enough for Monk. He mm-hmm. wants an even mill. Yeah. An even milli. A milli. A milli, a milli, a milli, a milli, yeah. Um, remember when that was a thing? Um, <laughs> yeah, I do. I, yeah. yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, shouts to uh, Lil Wayne. Um, I hope he's doing No, well. no, non-shouts to him. Fuck Why would him. he do? He's a mega loser. Oh, he is. I forgot. I don't even know if he meant that, though. I mean, I'm not trying to defend him. I think he's just, he, he's not a human being. He said it himself. Um, uh, no. yeah. No, but he's just an idiot. Like, I, there's certain people, like, Kanye I take more seriously, but, like, I honestly forgot that that was, that Lil Wayne became a MAGA loser, because, like, I don't take anything he says seriously. Um, Fair mean, enough. Uh, he once started off his song with, if I remember correctly, what is it? Um, hey, hi, hat motherfucker, how you doing? Wheezy F baby about to take a shit in urine on the toilet bowl, bitches. So he started off a song. So I'm not keen to take him seriously. Um. Fair enough. Uh, but anyway, um. You know, Monk is as after he like leaves the courtroom, he's meeting with Stalmeyer, Disher, and Natalie, and 
he's like, I can't go to prison, you know. Because it was just out of course because Monk did go to prison. He was doing a nickel, remember? Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, either way, like, we all know this guy would last about a day in prison. Like, yeah. not even joking. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. He would get murdered, and Spider couldn't stick up for him this time. Um, what if he was put in the same prison as Spider again, though? Because, I mean, Spider owes him. Who, oh, Spider was Danny Trejo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm. Did Spider's still there, right? He's got, but yeah, he's doing four life sentences, if I remember correctly. Oh, good lord. Um, I can't believe they tried to make him into a good guy, but yeah. I mean, he, he was a good, he was a good guy in the sense of. In jail? In jail, exactly. Um, but, you know, in terms of guys doing more than a nickel, he's doing a lot of nickels. Um, yeah, he's doing about, yeah, never mind. Go by ahead. By the way, just a side note, and I'm copywriting this with words, but I've always wanted, and this is being 100% serious to say this, wanted to write, like, a screenplay about what would happen if there was, like, a person who was sentenced to life, but, like, they were a vampire and they just didn't die. And not even a vampire, but just, like, what would happen if, like, someone just didn't die? I, I'm always fascinated with the idea of what would happen if someone was sentenced to a life sentence and, and you they can just didn't it. die. Exactly. And, like, in, from, but from a very real standpoint, like, what would the world do? If there's, like, how would the world react if someone just didn't age and never died? You know? That's anyone. Anyway, something always fascinated me. They um, would just end up in a fucking, like, scientist lab. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, the, you know, I just blew my, like, three one of three ideas I have. It's not a good one, so the other two are better. Um, anyway, uh, they point out, though, that this is one of the cases that Monk himself would always solve, which is fun. And then they're talking, and in order to get bail for him, they need to get 10% of a of, um, million dollars. And Summer yeah. says that he'll mortgage his townhouse. Natalie says she'll sell a car. Like, I'll be honest with you, they could get, I think they probably could get the $100,000 with, like, a loan and stuff. Like, I don't think that that is I mean, a problem. honestly, I was very touched by the fact that, you know, Sotomayor offers mm-hmm. to mortgage his house. Like, yeah. that's that's a lot. It is. Um, and Although he's probably, he's probably, like, okay with getting rid of uh, that house because I'm sure he got it through that. Horrible woman that yes, ended you up mean being Linda Fusco? Yeah. Yeah, her. Um, yes. I think the thing, though, is that, like, um, you know, I, they're also assuming that Monk is a good guy and he won't run, you know? Um, it's like that's yeah. the whole thing about bail bonds. Um, is uh, One of my favorite bits in Psych is uh, they put up bail for a guy that they think didn't do it. And... Um, uh, he, he ended ends up, up doing it. No, 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 no. But he ends up like leaving them and saying like, "Thank you," but then he has to go do something else. And Gus Dooley Hill is like, "Man, I just hope he doesn't skip town so we can get our bail money back." And Sean goes, "You can get bail money back?" <laughs> As in like you he do, right? Pay- yeah, but the joke being they paid like fifty thousand dollars of their own money, but he didn't expect to get it back. <laughs> oh wow, what a nice guy. No, I mean, it also wasn't like fifty thousand dollars, but I do love the idea of like, you can get bail money back. Anyway, um, all the psychos will appreciate that reference. Um, and so, Monk gives Natalie a hug, which is very nice. Um, and but it, go, it, it verges on the on the precipice of conjugal. Well, that's what Scott Glenn says. He says, let's not get all conjugal. Well, she has a great voice. Like, one of the better voices in cinema. Um, Absolutely. You know. Right next he, to Bobcat Goldweight. Has he done voice acting? I'm tra- oh, that's, so, that's the dumbest thing you've ever said on this podcast. <laughs> One of the best. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. That's why Monk got Um But then we realized that Monk, he did an okie doke and he stole Natalie's pass. But you know, shouts to anyone who could do that. Um, pickpockets. Shouts to pickpockets. Don't pickpocket me, but I'm always impressed by pickpockets as an idea. Um, yeah, honestly, like I wear like some of the tighter jeans. So if anyone ever successfully pickpocketed me, I'd actually be impressed. 
Yeah, I always carry everything in my front pockets because I'm not about to get pickpocketed. Um, and uh, but also, you know, a lot of uh, pickpocketing in another thing we discussed beforehand. This is actually ha- this is inadvertently how I got onto the film Richard Jewell, but a lot of pickpocketing in the film Cruella, which is nice. I always love a good pickpocket scene. Um, uh, yeah, that just reminds me of like now you see me or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, am I gonna? If I'm gonna be completely honest with you, I was on YouTube earlier today, just like fucking around, and you know I watched a lot of movie clips. In my recommended, there was a scene from Now You See Me. I watched it. I, is that movie good? Absolutely not. Is the second movie good? No, even worse. Are they both very enjoyable? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen the second one, but I actually did like the, the first one. The second one is so fucking ridiculous. It is a masterpiece in how to make a ridiculous movie. And it's also crazy to think, the guy who directed that is now like one of the hottest directors in Hollywood because he then went on to do Crazy Rich Asians and now is doing In the Heights. Which, John Chu? Yeah. Shouts to him, the upgrade from Now You See Me 2 to fucking Crazy Rich Asians to then In the Heights. Didn't Louis Leterrier do the first yeah, one? Yeah, Louis Leterrier is like the most... He, it's. Sort of, they, I feel like we don't make directors like that anymore that just direct like run-of-the-mill action movies. Like, this is not a thing. Like Jean de Bont? Jean de Bont, yes. Because um, now either you, you make small indie movies, then you immediately make a $200 million Marvel movie. And like Louis Leterrier Chloe is like... Zhao. Yeah. You're, like, he's one of the last dudes who's just like, no, I, I only make like $50 million action movies. So shouts to him. None of them are good. The Incredible Hulk is not good. Um, anyway... Yeah. yeah, he did the Incredible Hulk. I knew that. Yeah. The Norton one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hulk was done by Ang Lee, who was, of course, one of the most respected directors in Hollywood. Um, anyway. And it's but, a worse movie than The Incredible Hulk. That's correct. But I, I'll i say this. It's a worse movie. I think there's more interesting stuff about it, but it definitely is a worse movie. Yeah. Um, which is fine. You know, that's the way a lot of movies are. Um, so Monk puts the pass that he stole from Natalie in the door the, of the van he's in. Uh, right, the van that's transporting him, by the way, it's with Rollins and who I know as Masuka from Dexter. I didn't recognize him at all. Um, yeah. Because I didn't watch Definitely him. Oh. Um, sorry. It's coming and back, I, baby. I'm sure it's, but I think it's one of those things where I have so much... Never, there's a lot of shows I haven't watched that I need to watch. I'm not going to watch a show that has I've been told is horrible for the last like season of it. Like I'm just not going to do that. I didn't think it was that bad, honestly, until the last episode. That yeah. literally was like, and at that, that's at the worst moment when you're like about to say goodbye to the show forever, yeah. or you think, mm-hmm. and then they just lay a giant. I'll tell you this, and egg. I'll tell you this, and I really mean this. I haven't, I haven't watched it in like ten years, but I think that Monk's sticks the landing. I think Monk's finale is one of his best episodes. Honestly. I can't wait. Can't I really wait. do, which is great. Um, and so this guy Masuka from Dexter's coughing up a storm. And we learn that Scott Glenn's secret to never getting sick is that he drinks a quart of juice every day. It's not specific with the juices, uh, which is a bit weird, because a lot of different juices contain a lot of different things in them. Like, you're getting a lot of different nutrients from apple juice and orange juice, you know? Correct. Or grape juice or any kind of juice. Like, That's apple right. juice, you're getting just a lot of sugars. Yeah. I actually didn't even, like, pick up on this at all. Like, I didn't know that this is where mm-hmm. they found out or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it, honestly, I think that that's why it's good, because it you, you shouldn't. It just, just, does just sound like cop banter. Correct. Um, um, and so, eventually, they notice that Monk's gone. Mm-hmm. So, stop the car, and we got a chase scene. Mm-hmm. Yes, and this is where it feels very much like The Fugitive. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, which, you know, is... Uh, obviously, the chase stuff in The Fugitive is much better than this. But, also, what is, but, you, know what, you know what the crazy thing about The Fugitive is? The Fugitive, you'd say, is a... Like a very I haven't good seen one. that movie in so long. No, but you would just man. say it's a when you, the way it is in the popular consciousness is just like a, a really well made '90s action movie, right? Like an action thriller. Yeah. 
Is it like? Is there a lot of action in it? Yeah, I mean, he jumps off the. Well, it's. Like oh a, yeah, yeah. A, but like, it's like it's just a regular thriller, right? Yes. Did you know it was nominated for Best Picture? <laughs> uh no, I did not. I guess what um, I'm is the type of movie is if that the Fugitive is would never be nominated for Best Picture in seventeen thousand years today. Like it just never would happen. I'll say this: I'm willing to gamble. I haven't seen Green Book, but I'm willing to bet that The Fugitive is better than Green Book. Oh, the fu- no! I'm not saying The Fugitive is bad. The no, 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 no! I'm not saying that. You're saying that either. I'm just saying. Oh no! Green Book is terrible. Um, yeah, don't I haven't watch seen Green it. Book. Don't. It's not. It's really. It's not even fun. Bad. Like I love bad movies, and I like movies that are not good a lot if they're interesting. But Green Book is just like, oh god. I um, think the most interesting thing about Green Book was that it was written by some guy who was on The Sopranos, Tony Lip. Uh. Yes, he was um, co-written. It was about him. It was written by co-written by his son and uh, Peter Farrelly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, it's about a guy who was on The Sopranos. Yes, um, yes. Anyway, uh, so the little chase, uh, monks running through the woods, um, and uh, he was running towards a sewage treatment facility, and then he doesn't because he doesn't want to see sewage get treated. Um, and then we get a scene which this truly is just ripped off from The Fugitive, where. Uh, Rollins is like giving a game plan of everyone, like of what what to do. Like we're gonna close down these things, you know. Um, yeah, the Tommy Lee really, Jones. He is going. What's the one Tommy Lee Jones also won a fucking Oscar for that. I guess my point is that like that just doesn't happen anymore. No one wins Oscars for those <laughs> movies. That's true. Um, I'm like I'm trying to think of like what was the, like what's a great example recently of that type of movie. I mean, they just don't make those type of movies as a thing. Um, they don't make anything that's not either gigantic budget or micro budget. Like um, a historical piece or well, the, like... yeah, well, no, no, I'm not saying with Oscars. I'm saying that Hollywood just doesn't make mid-budget thrillers. Period anymore. Um, yeah, they do. What do you mean? Like what? They're all like every Liam Neeson movie. They don't have huge budgets. I said mid. Yeah, I guess so. That's true. I guess what I'm saying is that like well made, like because those are like very schlocky that are made for just like they have no other. Fine. I'm talking about like movies that they actually put an effort into. Um, you know what it would be like? It would be like if. I actually can't even think of an example. I shouldn't have gotten down this road. Anyway, he's just doing Timothy Jones, and uh, they're going to get dogs and you know roadblocks and helicopters. Helicopters. Yeah, and so the monk's running through the woods, and he has a problem. One of his pockets on his prison jumpsuit gets torn. Yeah, it gets torn while he's like running through like the shrubbery. Um, mm-hmm. And eventually, he uh, comes across a campsite. Mm-hmm. And is he going to find something to like you know break these chains? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, he's not. He's... he's Goes, he rummages through all the shit and finds a sewing kit because, of course, he can't have one pocket not match the other pocket. And so he, like, goes through it, finally finds some orange stuff, uh, some orange thread and, and a needle. But while he's uh, sewing it up, you know, these the two people who the campsite belongs to roll up on him and basically chase him away. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he runs away while he's trying to also sew himself together. Yes, exactly, which is great. I do appreciate that he doesn't, like, drop that. You know, he... Uh, yes, same. Yeah. And so um, he is running through the woods, etc., etc. And um, the uh, the thing is, apparently, the dogs are having a lot... Dogs are having trouble getting any scent off of his clothes. But when they eventually do get it, we learn... But they cut back to the main camp. And it's, oh, the dogs got tired out because apparently Monk touched every single tree. Yeah, not only did he touch every tree, but apparently he's, like, the only person that doesn't have a scent. Yeah, exactly. I did say that before, but... Um, oh, sorry. No, it's okay. I'm kidding. Uh, well, I, I, I'm not kidding that I said it. I'm kidding that I'm mad. Uh, yeah. And so Cap, Stahlmeyer, and Natalie show up, and they learn that, um, you know, they learn what happened. But apparently, um, you know, 
he uh, he they're they're trying to um, I'm trying to transition to the fact that they're gonna clearly try to shoot him if they see him. Correct. Yeah, they have permission to shoot. Um, and like at first, like Sodomire and Disher, like there's no way. Like they're, they're constantly because they know Monk. Mm-hmm. So like earlier in the episode, they're like he's not a flight risk. Like mm-hmm. this guy would never go anywhere. Like he's afraid of planes and whatever. Mm-hmm. And here, like they're like in disbelief at him jumping out of a moving car. Which, exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So Monk then is he's at like a gas station late at night, and the attendant is this kid who's like asleep. Monk takes his keys and tries to steal his truck. But unfortunately, he has like a little lock on the steering wheel. So Monk has Are you not drive. familiar with the, with that lock? I forget what it's called. But, it's called uh, a club. Yeah. I'm not it's familiar. It's a very famous thing from the early 90s, late 90s. I mean, I just didn't know what it was called. I, I recognized it as a thing. I just forgot what it was called. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Monk just starts driving in circles, which is funny. Yeah, he starts driving in circles. And, you know, the guy eventually wakes up, of course, and, uh, you know, tries to stop him. And uh, at some point, Monk finally gives up after, like, I don't know six circles mm-hmm. um and he gets out of the car uh, and runs out then comes back turns off the lights mm-hmm. and then takes off running yeah. on his merry way again exactly and so after scott glenn goes to talk to him the kid tells him that monk ran south and that leads scott glenn to conclude that he's heading home um yeah right exactly they think he's going home and <clears throat> i mean they're half right he is going home but he's going to natalie's he's not going mm-hmm. to his own spot yes because Natalie can tell that Monk has been in her place because we get to Natalie's place. She's walking around because everything is, like, organized and folded and, you know, etc. The refrigerator yeah. is organized, yeah. yeah. And so Monk was hiding in the closet. Um, and uh, it did make me kind of weird. Like, it, no one was watching Natalie's house before this. Like, they didn't decide to start watching it until they learned he was going south. Yeah, I mean, like, a whole, like, I don't know, at least half a day. Uh, elapsed in between all this yeah oh, exactly. i mean and, and rollins like they you know when disher shows up he says that rollins expects this to happen so yeah it is a little weird that that yeah. wasn't the case monk has a coat on which we learned he traded with the hobo but monk won't say what he traded the hobo with um what do you think he traded for it <sighs> honestly i don't even want to know i, I don't even want to say it because it's i can't i think that's the only i think it's the only way yeah unfortunately um I can't imagine it would be that cold that Monk would be willing to do that. So, um, yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, Natalie's like, let's call the captain. But Monk points out that if the captain was called, they'd be he's duty-bound to arrest him. Yeah, to turn him back in. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, like, you know, he, he, he states his case that, like, he wouldn't have done this. Like, the fact of the matter is, and he didn't do it. And if there's one thing that Natalie is, she's loyal. Mm-hmm. Yes, and if there's one thing Monk isn't, is a liar. So he needs to get the, uh, the handcuffs off, and so Natalie goes upstairs to get some tools, and uh, as this is happening, Randall Disher lets himself in. and uh, Right, but but also Natalie had already gotten him a change of clothing. Right, 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 yeah, which we can see as Mitch's like uniform. Um, and so Randy comes in, and then Monk hides behind a curtain, and Natalie asks to who she thinks is Monk, do you want to take a bath? Which is funny. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Randy's like, uh, no, I'm good. And then eventually Natalie comes down and Disher hits her with, a, is this how you treat all your guests? Which, rude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he says that he's going to be there because Rollins thinks Monk will try to contact her. Um, and, yeah, so she has not, then has to explain why she took out Mitch's uniform and has a drill. Um, and, 
Yeah, she said she's finally <clears throat> ready to move on, so she was going to donate his uh, uniform to the Salvation Army, which, what what are they going to do with that? Who knows? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and <laughs> Disher says, quite uncouthly, that he's been saying this for three years. Yeah, that's like, what the fuck? But then the drill, she says, she's her blender broke, so she wants to make a smoothie, which is just a horrible lie. Just say that there was like that you were tightening up a cabinet upstairs. Like, I don't understand... What? Or downstairs. No, down, yeah, it's anywhere. Just say that there's something that needs to get tightened up. Like, that, I just don't... Yeah, you know, she's not she's not the best at thinking on her feet mm-hmm. in this regard. And so she then goes to make a smoothie, uh, and she's just adding a bunch of random shit. But she's strategically getting Randy to, like, grab her stuff so Monk can make his way from the... Uh, behind the curtain to the bathroom on the other side of the house. So there's, like, a little, you know, right bit. But the funny thing is that uh, while, you know, Natalie asked Disher if, if he wants a shake and he mentions that he had a protein shake at Home Depot on the way over, which is just, did you buy it at Home Depot or did you have one on you and then you went to Home Depot? And No, he's joking. He's making a joke. Oh, okay. I wasn't aware that that yeah. was a joke. Um, and it's obviously all the stuff going in the smoothie is just terrible. Like ground coffee's going in there. A um, lot of it's okay. It's just yeah, the ground a lot of coffee it's okay. in the, the ground oil. Yeah, coffee in the oil, yeah. Um, and uh, some syrup is going in there, and some, some honey. Yeah, some nuts. Yeah, not like not, a lot of it's fine, but yeah, just it's a lot. Um, yeah. So she drills it all up, and almost none of it gets blended. Um, she was a little. She was a little too early for the immersion blender trend. I don't know if you've ever used an immersion blender, but the great stuff. I haven't, and I've never even heard of it. Oh, it's it's like a type of thing. It's basically like a. It honestly does what Natalie is hoping her drill will do, where you stick it into something and it blends it up. Um, and it's very good and helpful. My one of my old roommates had one, and I love to use it because you could just like stick it in like any sort of smoothie and it uh, blends it up. Um, good to know. It's also good for sauces and stuff. Like if you have like a tomato sauce that you want to make less chunky, you don't need to like blend. You don't need to pour it into something. You're gonna stick the blender in there. Um, Ooh, that's interesting. And I'm so, looking it up right now. Yeah, it's. I mean, I I big fan, um, and uh, so anyway, um, Natalie drinks it, and uh, you know she has to go use the clean herself up, use the bathroom, and then so Randy takes a drink of it, and obviously he doesn't hate it because he's Randy. Yeah, I mean, this is the same guy who drinks like sixty four ounces of soda every day. So that I mean, yeah, not that I I mean I don't drink that. I, I was, I'm not, I'm gonna stick it for the soda drinkers of the world. Um, for as long as I can before you know I lose one of my feet, but um, anyway. Fine. But okay, yeah. So, and she, well, yeah, whatever. So eventually, she ends up in the bathroom where Monk is. Uh, you know, they're running the shower um, in order to muffle the sound of a power drill going through a set of handcuffs. Which, which is good not, luck with that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, Monk, you know, thanks her for her help and all that stuff. But uh, you know, he doesn't want to wear Mitch's uniform. Not because it's going to besmirch the memory of him being alive, but because it's dusty, mm-hmm, which yeah. is just like, you fucking asshole. Yeah. It's like, then Natalie gives him some money. It's like, just this? Only this? It's like, this is my week's salary. You're supposed to get a 5% pay bump. <laughs> yeah, in January. He's like, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Um, Once again, shitty boss, on his as way. always. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, he goes on his way. Um, and then we cut to the cop station where Rollins, uh, I guess, got a court order from the lieutenant governor of California mm-hmm. to put a wiretap on Dr. Kroger's phone, mm-hmm. um, which before he mentions that he got it from that person, uh, you know, starts in disbelief because like, good luck getting a fucking wiretap on a psychiatrist. Yeah, phone. that's so honestly, that's so fucked up. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's terrible. But and it, you know, that is actually something that you you would need. I think basically the psychiatrist himself would have to be committing. There's no way you could get it just because a patient was committing a crime. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know he he pulled some strings. Uh, he used to sneak cigarettes in the back with the lieutenant governor back mm-hmm. in high school or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you know they got the permission. So we cut to after that. We cut to Monk. You know he's out in the town. He's looking sharp in a uniform. As uh, you know, he's Can I ask been, a very uh, important question. Why why does he have to wear the jacket with all the stuff on it? Like he's just trying to attention to himself. I mean, that's true. Also, that's it is true. stolen valor. I mean, I, whatever. Mm-hmm. But 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 he's the guy who wears jackets all the time. So you know we can't. Yeah. We can't besmirch him of course. for that. Um, and so he then uh, is, you know, looking looking real sharp. And he runs into a guy at the warehouse who mentions his Navy buddy. And, you know... Monk his son, to, I think. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, Monk has to basically pretend like he's in the Navy. It's, I don't remember the specific details, but he's fine. He, he doesn't mess up as bad as he, I thought he would. As, he, as I thought he would. Yeah, the guy kind of le- leaves him to, uh, you know, uh, browse around at his own uh, yeah. pace. So Monk ends up staging the scene of the crime with two statues, and he ends up looking around. He goes back towards, um, like, away from behind where he was standing, and he sees a blueprint in, like, the sand in the area behind him. Yeah, so, you know, he goes back there to check it out, and um, he kind of, like, sees the perspective, and it basically is, like, right behind where he would have been standing Mm-hmm. And not only that, he finds, like, the little lining to, like, a juice cup. Yes. Uh, right around there. So, um, he's got it. He's figured yeah. it out. Exactly. And so, um, we cut back to the police station, and, uh, you know, we learn that they're fully intercepting Natalie's mail, and... So, like, the, the Riss Rollins guy, he's bad news, as we immediately find out, that Monk gets call. he calls Stahlmeier. Stahlmeier says, I know who set me up. Rollins, because somebody there was drinking orange juice, and he Rollins is always drinking juice. Right. So he um he basically says that Rollins was the one who uh, lightened his load at his house, as far as orange juice goes. Um, so that he speculates that he broke it to Monk's house, drank his OJ because apparently he's a big juice guy, mm-hmm. and switched out the barrel of his gun in order yes. to incriminate him in because this, Monk, uh, the type of gun monk has is one that barrels are interchangeable correct um and so you know for me that actually tracks pretty well and that tracks enough with stoudemire it seems yeah um well the stoudemire believes him it's just there's no proof correct but also monk speculates that when he was on the floor kissing the ground that that's when he switched the barrels back so he exactly. was the one that shot frank nunn and he switched the barrels mm-hmm. to make it yeah to, it to does, explain, that the, the, it the does gun... explain how Rollins was there so quickly. Correct. Yeah, I wonder the same thing. But yeah, and it explains that the bullet, and it also explains that the bullet came from Monk's gun. That is correct. From a part of Monk's gun. I it think. came from the part of your gun that you te- you attest. The barrel is the only place the gun, the bullet would be. So I don't know anything about ballistics, and if there are any gun experts listening, you're weird and I don't want to hear from you. But um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just being honest. If you're someone who knows a lot about guns, I'm just no. Um, right, and Sotomayor asks him. He's like, "Hey, like, do you have any? Do you have anything else? Do you have some evidence?" Yeah. And Monk says that he's got the plastic tab from the juice container, but that's no. not enough. No. So Summer then comes out and says that Monk. He was just talking to Monk, and Monk wants to meet him, uh, you know, to give him some food. And he said, "I should come along." 
So we then cut to a very foggy pier. Very um, inherent vice. Yes. Honestly, very every noir ever made. Like, this really was just... Yes, whoever awesome. was directing this was just like, I'll never be able to make a noir movie because it's not 1945, so let me do this scene in Monk. And, you know, Stammer's got some chicken pot pie for Monk, but Monk unfortunately hears some noises. He's like, I told you to come alone! Are you setting me up? And then what does Monk do? He unholsters the biscuit. He holsters the biscuit, and um, you know he's offended that Sotomayor brought anybody, and he, uh, you know, he takes off down this dock, and mm-hmm. is about to. Be, he meets the end of the dock. He turns around and it looks like he's gonna shoot Sotomayor, mm-hmm. but Stott shoots him. Ta- mm-hmm. he, he hits him twice, and you know Monk goes over the railing into mm-hmm. the ocean, and uh, and that's it. Yes. Now. Because you know that Monk, the show, is not over, obviously. I just want to know, what, right. your, what is your theory of what happened? I think it's kind of clear, but... I mean, yeah, it's obvious. That, I mean, he's right. Rollins did set him up. Well, no, of what? course, but, but with what happened with Stavmire? What happened in this scene? Oh, like, uh, yeah, they they have an understanding. Yeah. Like, obviously, he was going to make it seem like that so that they can buy some more time or mm-hmm. do something exactly. to figure it out. And I guess we'll figure that out in part two. We will. But what do you give part one out of ten? I gave it a 9 out of 10. Yeah, I think this episode's really, really good. I gave it an 8 I thought half. it was excellent. I thought it was excellent. Um, I, I, I No parts of it, except for, like, there was a lot of chasing um, mm-hmm. that led to, like, nothing, basically. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, um, you know, it's very interesting clues, very an, an interesting and premise. Feels, like, and I'll I, say this. I think that it's a very interesting conspiracy theory. And from what I remember of part two, they set up a lot of stuff, too, that you don't even realize they're setting up, which I like. Um, for the rest of the show? No, for the, for part two, I mean. Now, a lot of the stuff. Oh, that, okay. There's a lot of stuff in part one that I remember being paid off in part two, but in, but you wouldn't know that it was going to get paid off. Well, I, I'm saying like in the same way that you didn't expect the or, the orange juice thing to come back. There's other stuff like that that you didn't even pick up on that uh, comes back, which I like. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, you know, this is the first of two two parters, I believe. I think so, yeah, I don't think there's one in season seven. But uh, the, the last episode, the two-parter, um, Mr. Yes. Monk in the end. But, uh, yeah, I give it an 8.5, like I said. You can follow the show at Strictly Monk and Andre Wimpy will follow you. You can follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at the J. Christie. Please rate, review, subscribe, share the show with the biggest Monk fan in your life, etc., etc. Um, but more important than all that, tune in later this week as we talk about Mr. Monk is on the run, part two. Let's get Monkey Tattoo!